in the unstable environment that we live in today, I think inclusivity is probably one of the more important things that our brand is headed for right now. And I think there's a lot of room in these stories where we can shape the future of the outdoors and we can shape the future of exploration. And, you know, sometimes your brand objectives don't need to be selling product. Sometimes you can just tell stories and you can support people that have passion. Greetings and welcome to Content That Moves, the podcast from brand storytelling and credo nonfiction, where it's my distinct pleasure to interview the brightest minds in branded content creation who are out there telling the stories that make you actually feel something on behalf of brands. I'm your host, Jesse Raisler, the founder of Credo Nonfiction, where we partner with brands to find and tell stories that reveal brand purpose and deepen brand meaning in a way that traditional advertising just doesn't. This podcast is co-produced by Brand Storytelling, bringing you the latest news, trends, and insights in branded content with top of industry events and in-depth industry coverage online. Brand Storytelling encourages a higher level of collaboration amongst advertisers, agencies, media partners, and creators in pursuit of a richer media environment. For more of the latest in the world of branded content or to explore event offerings, visit brandstorytelling.tv today. On today's episode, global content manager at the North Face, Jonathan Torres, breaks down how the outdoor apparel brand's content studio selects stories to tell through their film program and how that program has evolved over the last decade to the point where they're making films that win awards, like how their recent Learning to Drown just won at Banff Mountain Film Festival. Jonathan, I'm so excited you're here because A, I've been wearing North Face for at least 15 years, and B, as, as I was preparing for this discussion, I realized that we both had films at Banff Mountain Film Festival this year. So con congrats, by the way, on winning Best Snow Sports film with Learning to Drown. That's so cool. Yeah, thank you, and congrats to you as well. Yeah, um, I remember watching North Face films and being kind of blown away, like in the early you know, 2010, 2011 even. So you must have, you know, seen some of that stuff and just been like, wow. Yeah. Actually, my very first project that I got to work on when I got to the North Face was Imagination with Tom Walsh. Mm. Um, and I'm sure you've probably seen it. Yeah. Um, Beautiful stuff. But yeah, it was a great film. We worked with Sherpa Cinema, with oh. Eric Croslin. Um, and those guys, and very cool. It was just kind of a crazy, like, first project to come into, <laughs> For and sure. then from there, it just kind of like it was kind of surreal. Like, all the athletes that we work with are people I've looked up to for so many years, and... right? Awesome. I'm, I'm hoping you can also just give us sort of you know a larger lay of the land in terms of storytelling in general at the North Face. I mean, you've got these beautiful, you know, very significant films that win awards at very prestigious festivals like BAMP, but I'm curious, like, you know, what other kinds of mediums are you telling stories within? And then what's like a rough estimation on how many stories you're publishing in an average month or year? Like, what does that content calendar look like? Yeah, so it's changed over the last few years. Um, it was a little different when I started, but I'll kind of take you through the evolution of that. And our content and storytelling is a little unique because we uh, we our athletes are extremely involved in it and we kind of help 
they kind of help set the tone for the year. Okay. Um, so every summer we do a, what we call an expedition council. We let all of the athletes who would like to propose an expedition, um, submit a deck or a video or a, you know one sheet to explain what they want to do when they want to do it how much it's going to cost and how it kind of relates to the brand hmm. and once the athletes submit that all the other athletes get to check out everybody else's submission and kind of vote on hmm. interesting and so the athletes kind of pick which ones they like to do from there a group of the internal team which is mostly um the brand management and the sports marketing team go through them. We all read them. We pick our favorites and then we kind of rank them on a scale of one to 10 and like which ones got rated the highest. And then we float the highest to the top, which come from athlete votes and internal votes. And then we kind of go back and forth for about a week and figure out which ones are going to hit brand objectives, which ones are just good stories how much we can spend on this, how much we can spend on that. And we kind of go from there. Very cool. That's interesting. You brought up, you know, brand objectives and just good stories. Cause I definitely wanted to ask you about when you are selecting these stories, like how are you balancing those things? Like obviously the best brand films hopefully contain both. They're a great story and they have brand objectives, but how does that factor in? Is, are they like weighted in different ways? Um, not necessarily weighted in different ways. And this is kind of how it's evolved over the years mm -hmm. because we used to have, we used to have the expedition council, which was more objective based expeditions. And then on the other side of that, we used to do an RFP with a bunch of production companies that like, you know, we'd have Sherpa's RFP or some other people like camp Four, mm -hmm. other people that we've worked with in the past that were like, Hey, what good ideas do you have that involve our athletes? And they would give us pitches okay. too. So those are where the two buckets kind of came in. Sure. With the recent year and, you know, pandemic and budgets getting cut, we kind of shifted away from the fun or not like fun, but like we'll call it the non-brand objective funds and had to kind of shift more towards brand objectives. So, Jess's story has actually was one that was pitched in 2018 and it kind of just been shelved for a couple of years until um, we kind of got our ducks in a row and got everything together um, and spoke with Ben Knight and had him do it. But now the more now everything has been shifted for a little more objective and brand based. However, in those stories, we also need to support our athletes. And one of the great things about the story with Jess is, you know, she's an athlete for a reason. We see her as a leader, not only just a great snowboarder, but a leader is a, a great personality and someone that we want to put our brand behind. Right. And I think it's important for a brand to humanize those kind of heroes that represent the brand, because there's very few people that can connect with the like Jess's abilities to snowboard and places she gets to go, the opportunities she gets. But everyone can relate to the grief and loss that Jess has been through. Right, and let's let's set that so, let's set that up real quick too um, for the listeners that haven't uh, yet seen. This is learning to drown about professional snowboarder Jess Kimura, and we'll we'll put a link to that below. But it's it's the forty minute film. It's you know very powerful, very emotional, and yeah. Let's. I mean, I'd love to hear about you know you kind of set up how this 
began, but like, let's, let's take that beginning to end. I mean, I'd love to hear about the process, how things took shape, um, and, and came together. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so as part of the RFP process and the two kind of silos, you could go down to tell, tell stories, Jess pitched us this idea and originally it was called the Baja Redemption. Um, essentially, essentially the same story. And, you know, she told us what happened. She told us the story we wanted to tell. We were like, great, you know, um, let's run with this. And then we got our producers, got her in touch with Ben Knight. And then from there, you know, they just kind of ran with it. And it was very kind of hands off from our side of things. Like we had seen what Ben Knight had done with the film Denali. Um, just, you know, knowing him as a person and what he's capable with, you know, you just kind of put a lot of trust in those producers, directors, filmmakers hands, because, you know, they're good at what they're doing because of who they are. And so him and Jess just kind of took off with it. And you mentioned brand objectives. I mean, what, what were the brand objectives that this project touched on? Like, did you have that in mind before you even, you know, contacted Ben and said, you know, go make a great film like you do or what were, what were those? Um, so for this one, it was more of just like supporting and humanizing our athlete. Mm, okay. You know, um, it's important. It's always important for any brand to support their athlete to the fullest extent. And if this story was important to Jess, you know, it had to be important to us. Mm. And it's easy for us to get behind, you know, something like this because it is, it was her life. It was her everything. And if she's representing our brand, you know, it's good for people to get to know her and why she's a good representative of our brand. Yeah. And what are those um, values that, I mean, if it's Jess's story, when you're even selecting like who your ambassadors are as athletes, are there, are there values from the brand that you're looking for in athletes, which then of course become <laughs> the values and themes of the films about them? Yeah, we have a, we have a few like brand values, but I wouldn't say that we put that up to like, you know, it's not like part of the hiring criteria for an athlete, but you look at Jess and what she's done with like the uninvited and getting more girls into snowboarding, yeah. and, uh, you know, expanding the sport and like giving people opportunities to do this. And her, both of her, or her first uninvited film, she funded her completely by herself. Oh wow. Every single dollar came out of her pocket and we're like, wow, this girl's really like pushing the sport. She's trying to get more people into it. And obviously the North face is never stop exploring. It's always trying to get more people out into the outdoors and Jess is just a great a great person that you know really embodies that and so not only is she a great athlete she does a lot of good things she's she's just a good person all around yeah that's great and I yeah I think when you find someone that just feels right you know for those reasons that's that's great to hear. You don't have to go into very specific brand objectives with, with every film. Um, I'm sure there's, there's ones that you do. Um, but yeah, when it's, when it's about the story, you know, someone's purse, very personal story like this, um, you, you know, you find the right team, which you knew you had with Ben Knight and, and felt soul media. And then what's, uh, what's like the check-in process? Like how long did this take to get going? How long did it take to, to go through production and, and how are you involved in, in collaborating with Ben and the team? Um, so 
that Ben is a very hands-off kind of felt soul media and Ben are very hands-off. They don't want anyone kind of looking over their shoulder when they're doing this kind of stuff. Okay. So you have the basic briefing process. Um, you know, our production team lined up Ben and Jess and connected them. They kind of started talking. And then from there, it's like, all right, if you guys have any questions, anything like that, come back to us. If not, we'll see you when the first draft comes around. Wow. Wow. That's so much trust. That's so, great to hear. As a filmmaker, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the that's the dream right there. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, like, you know, we've been talking about brand objectives, but we'll sneak in like some footage from 2020 or spring of 20 where Jess was riding in the kit that was coming out this year. We'll try and sneak in some footage like that to kind of help those brand objectives. Mm, sure. We're not necessarily speaking to those products, but they will be in the final or the timely product will be when the final film comes out sure that makes sense yeah just a visual presence yeah exactly so you've got this film and you know the the filmmaking team is really proud of it your athletes proud of it the brand is proud of it i think one of the biggest questions um for a lot of brands who are looking to do more of this kind of storytelling is a huge question is distribution and i know you know the north face has been making these beautiful films for longer than a lot of brands. Um, so you have this platform and you're known for these things, but I'm curious, like in addition to knowing you're going to put this film on, on your own platforms, I'd love to hear more about the distribution strategy when that starts happening in terms of, you know, festivals, earned media, like finding other distribution partners to, you know, make the reach of this film as, as far as possible. And then alongside that, like, are you measuring impact in that way? Um, and I'd love to hear how this is happening with, you know, in general, but also with learning to drown. Yeah. Um, that's actually a great question. Cause as I'm sure, you know, like general rule of thumb, you spend, let's call it a hundred thousand dollars on a film. You want to double that and spend $200,000 on your distribution and that and your distribution strategy. and that is good to hear because I, I mean i rarely rarely see that you know with brands and rfps and it's like you know you can spend so much you know invest in the, the greatest film it can be beautiful and so wonderful and then there's no muscle behind it <laughs> to get it seen so i'm glad yeah. you bring that up because i've seen the reverse yeah. too many times do you have a sense like you know how just in very broad strokes Let's say you've got, you know, double your budget to spend on on promotion. Like, is that a certain percentage of that usually like uh, you're you're doing paid media to, to place a trailer or you're taking excerpts from the film and putting them across social? Um, what other ways are those resources going to make sure it does blow up in the way that you want it to? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, social media is like the end all be all right now. Um, but we also did print ads and some snowboard, uh, magazines. Okay. I think we did one in slush magazine. Um, we took the back inside cover, did a double page print in there. Um, definitely a lot of Instagram and social media type stuff. Just did a couple podcasts. I don't know if you've heard of the bomb hole podcast. It's kind of a new and upcoming well, kind of established now, but no, I also a snowboarding podcast. Um, she has a great like 
almost three hour podcast on there and she talks about everything which then finally alludes to learning to drown you know finn had talked to netflix and disney and all paramount and whatever hulu all those all those places too and talked about putting it on streaming platforms as well so there was a lot of potential with this film well great and i you know this one i feel like like you said it, it was really about jess's story and, and not as much about the the brand objective but I'm, I'm i'm wondering if you have anything to add in general about when there are those those brand objectives that are important and there's also a story like how do you how do you balance those things? And is there any sort of brand objectives that you could give us like an example? But I think, and I, you know, in the unstable environment that we live in today, I think inclusivity, inclusivity is probably one of the more important things that our brand is headed for right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have the explore fund where we work with nonprofits and communities to increase access to the outdoors, you know, help, people that don't usually get the benefits of exploration to get those benefits. Um, we, you know, we want our athletes stories to be diverse, but we also want them to push limits of human potential and get these objectives that, you know, not everyone can do. Um, sustainability is always one. And I think there's a lot of room in these stories where we can shape the future of the outdoors mm -hmm. and we can shape the future of exploration. And, you know, sometimes your brand objectives don't need to be selling product. Sometimes you can just tell stories and you can support people that have passions. And, you know, I think Jess is a great example and she's not the only one on our team that has these kind of stories. There's, I mean, every single one of our athletes has a great story to tell and a great journey that they've been through. And Yeah. And I think that's so right on in terms of like, not everything needs to sell a, a product. I think there's a, a time and a place for that. And I, I've seen it where, you know, brands take their first foray into filmmaking and storytelling. And there's this feeling that it needs to also do what the advertising and the marketing does. And I think the most successful ones I've seen is like, it's a yes and situation where it's more, you know, we've got this content that's about the product. And now this is the film that's about these much bigger picture uh, values of, of, like you said, what we hope the future of these sports can look like. And let's find the stories that embody what we hope the future looks like and tell those and let the other content <laughs> do the, the heavy lifting of yeah. the product and the cell and, and those live side by side. You don't have to try and do that all with one piece of content. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about like when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Batman. Right. Mm. And I'm out there buying a Batman costume, not because it's the most technologically advanced thing or because <laughs> I should be wearing it. It's because my hero was wearing it. Yeah. Right. And you know, sometimes that's, you, you want to be associated in ways with people that you share these connections with, or you have the same values, or you, you know, you just think the same way. And sometimes if that person's wearing something, it might just drive you to wear it too. So there's like these subconscious ways mm. that just supporting our athletes and who they are as heroes can 
translate into brand objectives without being like, oh, the North Face, the North Face, the North Face, buy it. It's like, we support these kind of people. Hope you do too. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And and one that I hope people can see can translate across industries. I mean, it's easy to go like, oh, the outdoor industry. I mean, they've, you know, the first to tell a lot of these stories and, and be making films and it's like because well yeah these athletes at, these athletes often have such awe-inspiring stories and they're doing these things in some of the most cinematic beautiful locations on earth so it's like of course let's 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 make a film um but also it's like if you just think about that concept of ambassadors and like your athletes are ambassadors for the brand and you you're saying you're aligning because you you share values i mean I feel like that can be done in really any industry, but it's such a great way to look at storytelling is like find those ambassadors, get behind what they're excited about. And like you said, by association, you know, viewers are going to understand like what they're about is what you're about. And you don't have to, you don't have to hit them over the head with it. It is working on a subliminal level, which is I think the magic of this kind of, you know, media making and communication and why it can be more effective ultimately than a lot of the traditional ads, honestly. Yeah, and I think you can look at brands like Red Bull, which in all reality is a gas station <laughs> soda beverage. Right, you know? right. Or Yeti, it's just it's just a cooler. But they tell these stories and do these things that you're like, I want to be associated with that. Right. I'm going to drink a Red Bull. I'm going to drink, I'm going to buy a Yeti because, you know they tell great stories and they support the same things you do. Yeah. I just had this conversation not so long ago with, with Scott Ballou at Yeti. And it was exactly that. It's like over time, like the net result of those stories you're telling when you're not trying to sell, but within them, there are values and themes uh, that are important to the protagonist. And all of a sudden what you emerge with, it's like, it feels like the brand has a soul of its own just because of all these associations. They do add up to something and they are working on a different level than traditional um, marketing and ad communication. So that's, it's cool to see in someone like Yeti, they have the, <laughs> the substance and the time to actually show what that does. But I think that's, that's right on. Um, yeah. And I think the key there is like, it's relatable. Yeah. And I think that's, that's where you win is when it relates to, Maybe not the majority, but it relates to the demographic that you want supporting your brand. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a fine uh, balance or, or line to be had there, too. It's like a lot of these things, you know, by who they are, the, the protagonists, they're, they're going to be inspiring, um, but they're going to be relatable when you can humanize them. And it's somewhere in the middle, right? Whereas like your viewers are like, like you said, I want to be like them. There's an aspirational quality as well as a relatability. Yeah. And I think if you have both, you're going to be in a really sweet spot. Um, at the top of our discussion, you mentioned, you know, grinding it out <laughs> earlier in your career and working hard and, you know, looking where you're at now. I'm curious if you happen to have any professional advice for yourself 10 years ago or at the start of the career, is there anything that you're like, Oh, I wish I knew this then, or I, I wish I would have approached that this way. It's hard to say. I mean, I definitely feel very lucky that everything is kind of falling in line for me over the years, but I guess my one advice to myself would be don't get too cocky. Cause there's a lot of people out there that can teach you a lot of things and you don't know it all and you never will. Yeah. 
I, I think especially in a creative field, you know, you, you come out and you have ideas about what you want to make and how you want to make it. And I think being open, yeah, to other people, you, you learn so much in, in places you might not expect to learn something. I think that's great. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a different view or opinion of how a movie ended or how it should have gone. Yeah. But, you know, everything's subjective and your opinion's not always right. And sometimes you just got to trust, got to trust people and, you know, go with it. Yeah. Well, that's great. I think the only other thing I wanted to ask you is that, you know, for those um, brand storytellers or aspiring storytellers that are listening um, that maybe aren't aren't as far along on their storytelling journey as the North Face or yourself. Um, any other quick things, pieces of advice if they're looking to create something as you know substantial as like learning to drown, for example? Any other quick like rules of thumb or just little things that yeah. you'd say? Yeah, I would say. <clears throat> I would say that a smooth sea never made a good sailor. Mm. So you all, you know, when I started creating films and working with people, I was working with budgets of five to $10,000 and not everything was going right. We never had the budget to do everything great. Um, but I think, you know, a rough start, like I said, kind of a rough start and digging my way taking my way up as, as you will, um, you know, just going through some stuff will, will help you in the end. Yeah. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Um, you know, exactly. in those challenges is where you actually learn things that you can apply elsewhere. So, yeah. And, and oftentimes like, you know, stories will evolve and change and it's like, don't be afraid of that. Sometimes those, those twists can lead you in really exciting new directions. So yeah, I think that's, that's huge when you're doing this kind of work is to stay open yeah, and yeah. Very rarely does your storyboard come out the same way that it went in. Yeah. So, and often you're like, is, Oh great. This is even better. You know, you can't, you can't predict it. And, and to have the ability to like in the moment, something that might seem on the surface to be detrimental if you step back and take a slightly different perspective on it, you can find ways to make it work for you, you know, too. So, yeah, yeah. That's also another good point. It's not, a, it's not easy to do, but sometimes you need to shelve a project for a week, a month, mm -hmm. and then come back to it. And, you know, maybe something that had happened to you in that week or happened to you in that month will kind of reshape your thinking and kind of just help bring everything together. Yeah, the power of the fresh, the fresh look, the refresh. Love it. Exactly. Well, that sounds like great advice to wrap up on. Um, thanks so much, Jonathan. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, Jesse, appreciate you having me. To view Learning to Drown or any of the North Face Presents films, visit thenorthface.com backslash approach or head over to the North Face channel on youtube.com. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast and I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas for guests or topics for future episodes, drop me a note at jesse at credononfiction.com.